Hi, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jet. This is episode number four. Not a lot of people know this, but I am actually a very sentimental person. Specifically, for instance, I have a very strong attachment to houses or apartments that I have stayed at. Um, and I moved out when I was 21. So for the greater majority of my adult life, I have spent it moving between houses. And each time that I have to move, I feel this little tug at the heartstrings. I don't know if you feel that, but if you're one of those people who do, um, then you might find this very relatable. And if not, then I, I hope it's still worth your time and you find it uh, worth listening to just the same. The reason that I feel quite an attachment to houses is because for me, a certain chunk of my life happened while I was living there. Um, the house literally saw me happy or sad. Maybe I got promoted or maybe I got heartbroken or maybe I was staying there when I bought my first car or I was having a shitty episode in my career. Whatever it was, I would always attach a memory with where I was living at that time. So today I would like to share with you a tribute piece that I wrote in 2016 for the house of my childhood. And if we are friends on Facebook for some time now, you may have actually read it when I posted it sometime in September of 2016. And for those of you who aren't, um, let me share with you that I was raised by my grandparents. So it goes without saying that I grew up in uh, in their house. Um, so I stayed there for now when I was three till I was 21. And like most or all of their grandchildren, I call them Mama and Papa. Um, I, uh, along with two other of my cousins, were both were all raised by my grandparents, one after the other. So we never really lived um, together. So in 2016, the house was sold after being in the family for more than 50 years and was promptly demolished by its new owners. In this piece, I address the house as though it were human. Yep, I am that sentimental. So please bear with me here. This is called A Tribute to the Refuge of My Youth. I am beyond heartbroken today upon hearing the news that you had been finally torn down. The two 50-year-old mango trees in the garden that had been there forever had been cut down too. I knew that it was only a matter of time before it happened. I will try not to look for you where you used to stand the next time that I am in town. I can't get myself to say, come home, because you aren't there to come home to anymore. I will try not to mind the ghastly void that has taken the place where you used to be. I will ignore it as I do the big gaping one in my chest. I will try not to miss you. People might find my attachment to an inanimate object maybe weird, perhaps even unsettling, but to me you were more than wood, steel, and concrete. You were more than a dwelling place. You were Papa's gift to Mama, a physical and material manifestation of the love of a peasant's son to a hacendero's daughter. You were proof that trials can be overcome, that true love conquers social divides and endures. 
that dreams, if you wake up and work hard enough, which Mama and Papa did, do come true. You were an edifice that proved cliches to be true. Now, you were built long before I was born, but I imagine Papa's words when you have been finally built. Maybe it would have sounded like this. Waning, this is where we will raise our children, all seven of them. Elfa, Nelia, Nenita, Noemi, Sami, Adonis, and Dennis. And when they have grown up and when they have children of their own, they will all come home to this house for summers and Christmas. Our grandchildren can play hide-and-seek in and around the house. They can play tag in the garden, or they can play house underneath the mango trees. Maybe we can build them a bahay kubo there. Every year at Christmas, we shall have parties here. Big ones. We will fill this house with years of memories. Happy ones. Every single one of them. And that's exactly what happened for many, many years. Years later, my aunts and my uncles and my father have all grown up and all gone away. And I imagine the conversation between Mama and Papa to have sounded like this. Waning, don't be sad. We have many grandchildren. Maybe one of them can be with us here. Ah, Jingjing, our eldest granddaughter. She will like it here. She can stay with us. She'll make the house a little less emptier. But then my Ate Jingjing grew up too and she went to high school and she had to go home to her parents in Manila, which left Mama and Papa and you a little emptier again. Uh, don't be lonely, Lito. We will have Honey take her place. She will like it here. She will make it a little less empty as well. This is what Mama might have said to Papa. Um, but then also my Ate Honey had to grow up she too had to go home to her parents when she went to high school in Manila. That's what I imagine the conversation between Mama and Papa to have sounded like. But just like Ate Jingjing, my Ate Hani also grew up and had to go home to her parents in Manila when she went to high school. So I took her place to make the house a little less empty, I suppose. And thus began my story with you. Every day I'd come home from school, welcomed from afar by the waving branches of the massive mango trees in the garden. Papa in his study, working on a document or reading a book. Mama by the azotea, busy with her embroidery. On Sundays, the three of us would have rice cakes and hot chocolate after church. Ah, what I wouldn't give to relive those moments. From when I was three, I laughed and smiled and wept and loved many times over in the years to come, all while sheltered in your walls. Papa died while I was a sophomore at university. You became a little emptier after that. It was just me, Mama, the driver, the maid, and the occasional guests. It wasn't long before I too grew up and had to leave, emptying you a little bit more. I was 21. I'd come home every year for a few days at a time to visit Mama. Welcome back home by the waving branches of the mango trees in the garden, now more massive than they were when I was a child. There was not one homecoming that Mama did not have a humble feast for. There was always pochero, her specialty and my favorite. 
Whenever I was home, I'd marvel at myself for navigating around you in the dark without bumping into or breaking anything, my hands through muscle memory finding doorknobs and bolts and light switches, my feet still memorizing the steps at all staircases, they knew where the doors were and where the turns and bumps were. On instinct, I'd open cabinets and cupboards and find what I was looking for to be there, just as they were from as far back as I could remember. It was as if you were an extension of my limbs. My homecomings weren't consistent, however. Some birthdays I was home, and for some I wasn't. Some Christmases I was home, most I missed. I know now that I should have gone home more often, especially during those times. But I always had an excuse. I'd become too busy, maybe too selfish at times, being an adult. Reasons always came up not to come home. There were promotions to be had, parties to be crashed, girls to be lied to. I always told myself that I can always make it up next year. Until there were no more next years. In June of 2013, I came home for Mama's 90th birthday. Three weeks later, she had finally joined Papa. And you, after many a joyful memory, and a few tearful ones had been emptied at last. People might not understand why this breaks me so much, but you are the last link that I have to the two people who I owe most of who I am to. Every day I am consumed with the thought that success did not come soon enough and that they did not live long enough to see what has become of me. They've since gone. And just like them, I shall never see you again. The old greenhouse along Rizal Street in Kabangan in Ligaspi is no more. My home, the refuge to my youth and my poems, gone forever, waving branches, memories, and all. And that's it for today's episode of Prom the Real. I hope you liked it. See, to this day, I still wish to be able to buy back that property. But of course, you know, it's a, it's a considerable amount of money. But who knows, maybe one of you has an extra 40 million lying around that you have no use for. Um, <laughs> please send it my way. Um, um, in time, I will build my own home back home in Bicol. And when I finally do... I will tell my children never to sell it, to always keep it in the family, forever. How their rooms look the day they leave for college will be how it looks when they come home for summer and Christmas break and all summers and Christmases after that. I am that sentimental. Uh, it's probably incurable and just like the way I like it. I'll talk to you next time on Prom the Real. Please like and follow me on Facebook and Twitter. This has been Jet. Make it happen.